0: Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be celebrating the spooky season by looking at the 2021 television short, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and giving a score to the film. So prepare yourself for a galactic adventure and enjoy this episode. Galactic. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I actually, I stole that from Disney themselves on their <laughs> on, on their Disney Star Wars page. They for Halloween they had that up there. Galactic, uh, and I was just like, I, I can't let that pass. I have to use it. Copyright trick. Le- right? <laughs> Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales is an animated Halloween themed special released exclusively for Disney Plus on October first, 2021 and is based off the Star Wars line from Lego. It takes place after the events of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker.
1: It was directed by Ken Cunningham, produced by Jason Kossler, Jacqui Lopez, Keith Malone, Josh Rhymes, James Waugh, Jill Wilfrid, and David Shane, who also wrote the script. Edited by Damon Fulford, music by Michael Kramer, production companies were Atomic Cartoons, Lucasfilm Animation, Lucasfilm and the Lego Group, distributed by Disney Plus, a runtime of forty four minutes, boy does it feel a lot longer than that.
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> it does oh, to me, okay. I don't know. Right. Starring AJ Lacasio as Han Solo and Imperial Pilot. Barbara Goodson as Mother Towson, Christian Slater as Ren, Dana Schneider as Grabala the Hutt. Danny Jacobs as Ram, Watto, and Protocol Droid. David Accord as Medical Droid and Rebel Pilot. Eric Baza as Luke Skywalker and Guard Droid. Jake Green as Poe Dameron and Motti, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan Kenobi and Cosler. Joe DiMaggio as Bash and Uncle Owen. Mary Elizabeth McGlynn as... NIL-8 and Red-10. Matt Sloan as Darth Vader. Matthew Wood as Ben Solo, General Grievous, and Battle Droids. Rafael Alejandro as Dean. Shelby Young as Princess Leia Organa. Tony Hale as Vinay. Trevor Duvall as Emperor Palpatine and Grand Moff Tarkin. And Sam Witwer as Darth Maul and Trudgen.
0: Very nicely done. Um, well, that was yeah, well, I also put it in Times New Roman font because of uh, nil eight. Like in, I know it's yeah. okay. I was like, I
1: was like uh, nil eight. Yeah, nil eight.
0: Yeah, that, and I didn't realize that pun until <laughs> Poe po realized it. Until it. They yeah.
1: Realized.
0: yeah, so I was like, oh, don't feel bad, Poe. I'm also an idiot. <laughs>
1: We're all <laughs> stupid. Um,
0: but uh we're gonna dive into the plot now uh it was broken up into different segments i guess i can give them that's their, how they all their, kind of are yeah. these things like yeah, yeah.
1: you'll learn that i know there's a christmas one too that we've never done i don't think either and well maybe same thing maybe
0: this christmas we will we'll break into that but um uh, maybe maybe, maybe. We, we have some christmas ideas already but we'll, we'll see this name of it is vader's domain and the episode opens with a low angle shot of Castle Vader, which I've always called Fortress Vader, but they, they call it Castle Vader multiple times in the summary, so Castle Vader. And Vader talks about how he rose from the fiery depths just as his new castle rose, which he describes as the ultimate testimony of the awesome power of the dark side of the Force. Lord Vader asks Emperor Palpatine what he thinks. The Emperor is dismissive of the sterility of the castle and suggests... Vader get more furniture. Before the emperor can attend to conquering the galaxy, he is surprised by Ver, um Vinay, who describes himself as a humble servant to Darth Vader, lord of the Sith. He tells Lord Vader that he has prepared his bath inside a bath a bapta tank and gives him his rubber duck. <laughs> Sorry, he cracked me up. Vader wants to bathe, but the emperor reminds him that they have work to do conquering the galaxy. The emperor assigns Vane while calling him uh, sarcastically Darth Hideous with looking after Castle Vader in their absence. Vinay replies that it will be his honor before cackling in laughter. And I wrote down, you know that I love a comedic Palpatine, it gets me every time. I gave the segment score a 9 out of 10.
1: I would give it an 8 out of 10, but I do love comedic Palpatine as well. It's too good.
0: Yeah. So the next part, I just put to- I put the titles together because it just flows one right into the yep. other. Uh, The titles are Crash Landing and Guests of Grabala. Grabala. Uh, Years later, Poe Dameron and BB-8's X-Wing is being pursued by five First Order TIE fighters. Over the Comlink. Poe tells the TIE pilots that the First Order Resistance War is over and they should go home. When the fighters ignore his his warning, Poe charges at the TIEs headfirst and takes them out in one swoop. Poe tells BB-8 to prepare the ship for their flight home but it experiences engine trouble. Poe is forced to make an emergency landing on Mustafar. He lands the X-Wing in a forest of iron trees. BB-8, point, uh, BB-8 puts out a fire on his flight suit. Poe attempts to use the comlink, link, but it is fried. After changing clothes, Poe and BB-8 decide to search for help. While walking through the forest, Poe argues with BB-8 and says that he was not showing off
1: poe was showing off
0: yeah a little bit uh poe decides to go to castle vader to seek help bb-8 is reluctant but poe tells him that he can wait in the unfamiliar forest and bb-8 decides to follow his master which is so funny because i i forget that poe actually is bb-8's owner like i always associate bb-8 with ray because of that the first movie but But it's actually poe yeah yeah yeah.
1: and most of these lego things bb-8's always with poe
0: yeah like I don't know. It's it's just in my mind. I'm, I always associate BB-8 with Ray, which is really just the first movie. But yeah, for some reason, I don't know. Arriving at Castle Vader, Poe finds Grabella the Hutt and his henchmen Bash and Ram, refurbishing the fortress as a Sith-inspired luxury theme resort, soon to be available at, at <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> it would
1: be great. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm telling you, it's gonna be. It's gonna uh, be the Star next Wars
1: collected Star Cruiser. Anybody?
0: Yeah. He intends to appeal to the fun loving families from across the galaxy who want to indulge in their inner dark side. Poe thinks that this is a bad idea, and Grabella introduces himself as a legendary entrepreneur and real estate tycoon, and cousin of the late Jabba. Poe introduces himself. Grabella recognizes Poe as the starfighter who destroyed Starkiller Base and led the resistance during the Battle of Exegold. Poe is modest about his achievements. Grabella decides to treat General Poe as his honored guest and give him a tour of Castle Vader while Bash and Ram carry BB-8. Grabella tells Poe about his plan to make Castle Vader a luxury hotel with various amenities, including a lava fountain and a Vader-themed lobby. Poe tries to mention his X-Wing, but Grabella is too preoccupied with showing uh, his guest around. Inside the castle tower, the protocol droid NIL-8 informs the Hooded Vinay about Poe's arrival, asking if they could be the one to fulfill the prophecy of Mustafar. Vinay says that the fearless pilot enters uh, with the strength to unlock the treasure, the treasures of his master's castle, and thinks Poe could be the prophesied one. Meanwhile, Grabella shows Poe and BB-8 into a hallway lined with various uh, types of stormtrooper armor, including regular trooper, shore trooper, scout trooper, snow trooper, death trooper, and his own Skeleto Trooper. <laughs> <laughs> Poe also encounters an automated puppet of Darth Vader, offering to show the guests the dark side. Grabella grumbles that the puppet is faulty. A young human mechanic named Dean offers to fix the puppet. Grabella says that he doubts that, but allows Dean to try. Grabella asks Poe if he is interested in being Castle Vader's spokesman, or as he puts it, a spoke-as- sp- sp- Pokesman. Pokesman. Get it? (laughs) And meanwhile, Dean manages to repair the Vader puppet, who introduces guests to the Empire Emporium, which is being staffed by Bash (laughs) and Ram.
1: And has all your sithly needs. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Poe compliments Dean, who recognizes him. Poe asks the boy his his name. Dean introduces himself and is excited to meet the Starfighter pilot. Poe is modest about his achievements and enlists Dean's help in repairing his X-Wing. The boy says he wants to be a pilot one day. However, Grabella interjects and offers Poe a proposition. Record a holovid for Castle Vader in return for getting Dean to fix his X-Wing. Poe insists on recording the holovid after the X-Wing has been repaired and tells Grabella that he is not the first hut that he has had to deal, deal with. I wonder what other huts uh, Poe dealt with in it. I'm sure it's in the comics somewhere, but...
1: Probably somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Again, Star Wars has the same issue of Marvel, that there's just a lot of stuff going on elsewhere, not in the main storyline.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, a vast audience, get them across whatever medium you can. Poe attempts to leave with Dean, but is blocked by Vinay, who puts up a friendly face. Grabella warns Vinay not to sneak up on people. He apologizes for Vinay... Des, uh, describing him as a, the creepy caretaker, emphasis on the creepy, who came with Castlevator. Vinay, uh, Vinay begins sniffing Poe, prompting Ribella to issue another warning. Don't it,
1: sniff guess.
0: <laughs> Vinay tells him that he has something to show Poe. Poe says that he is in a rush, but Vinay gets NIL-8 to show him the helmet of Ren, prompting Poe's interests. Vinay explains that this helmet belonged to the one who helped create Kylo Ren. Vinay asks if he would like to hear the tale. Grabella reminds Vinay that Poe says that he is in a rush. Poe stares into the dark uh, the dark side helmet and asks Vinay to tell him. Vinay says that this is a tale of a powerful warrior who longed for more. And I wrote down here, this is the opening segment to the overall narrative, so I'll f- go giving it a segment score here.
1: Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really need a score.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we have the next segment called The Lost Boy. In the past, Ben Solo is training under the tutelage of his uncle, Luke Skywalker, at his Jedi Temple. Ben grumbles about having to practice with the other Padawans and lifting rocks, claiming that he is so much stronger than all of them. Skywalker's other students include a Rodean, a human girl, and two young men. R2-D2 is also present. Luke advises pa- patience, saying that there is no that there are no shortcuts in becoming a Jedi. When Ben asks how this rock stacking is going to make him a great Jedi, Skywalker says that he senses his nephew's frustration. He asks if he used the Force to sense them before causing the stones to form a circle and dropping them onto the ground. R2-D2 is concerned by Ben's uh, sullenness, but Luke says that he will be fine and that Ben has more to learn. One padawan, Cosler, attempts to demonstrate that he has... Learn how to levitate rocks, but loses control of the object and is knocked out. Skywalker grumbles. While walking through a nearby town, Ben grumbles about the delay in his Jedi training. He bumps into a Jawa and and ponders how long uh, Skywalker trained on Dagobah. And Ben has the specific line of saying, how long did he train on Dagobah? Like 20 minutes? And that cracked me up. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably about the entire movie time that he was on Dagobah for, so...
1: (laughs) personally i like it just from the perspective of make the homeboys angry by saying you can't be mad that ray didn't train when all these other people also did not train
0: yeah exactly later the knights of wren's starship night buzzard lands at a nearby hangar prompting several several of the townsfolk to take shelter a silver protocol droid warns that the knights of wren are coming and to be afraid led by wren The knights of Ren ride through the town on speeder bikes. Ren... This is going to get so complicated because I have Ren and Ben here. Whew. (laughs) Um, Ren extols them to feed on their fear and to plunder the town. Ren greets Ben before leading his gang through the town. That night, Ben has trouble sleeping and experiences a dream in which Ren invites him to join them. Skywalker tries to warn Ben not to follow Ren. But the Dark Darksider tells his uncle to stay out of it. Ren tells the frightened Ben that power is for the taking. Ben's father, Han Solo, interrupts the dream and asks his son if he's coming home for dinner. Leia Organa appears with Chewbacca, who has made his favorite dish. A roast tip-yip in bantha sauce. Ren invites Ben to join. Luke soon appears with his other padawans, urging Ben to stay on the Jedi path. Ben's fellow Padwans dance around him, but their faces are replaced with helmets of the Knights of Wren. Ben falls uh, down into a chasm uh, into the mouth of Wren. <laughs> and I, I have a note here saying that this is definitely the creepiest part of the special so far like the Padwans yes. dancing yeah. around uh, Ben and everything.
1: A little bit trippy.
0: Yeah. Ben awakens from his dream to find Wren and his Knights waiting outside his hut, calling for him. Ben confronts Wren. Asking whether they are Sith. Ren replies that the Knights of Ren live by their own code, using their power to take what they want. Ren says that Ben has the power to choose to follow that fossil, Skywalker, when he could uh, have so much more. Ren invites him to join the Knights of Ren and asks if he is afraid. The other Knights of Ren laugh. Ben decides to take up their challenge. Ren hands him a dark costume and a helmet. Wren lets Ben ride a speeder bike. The Knights of Ren terrorize the nearby town. They play with the head of a protocol droid who grumbles that it isn't funny. Ben and the Knights then jump from a high bridge. Later, they are entertained by a Bith Bith musician. Following a wild night, Ben returns to Luke's Jedi Temple. He says that that was so fun and that he is in. However, Wren tells him that what they did was just the invitation. He shows Ben his uncle's lightsaber. Ben asks how he got a a hold of Luke's lightsaber. Ren replies the knights take what they want and tells Ben to take what he wants. He explains that to become a knight of Ren takes destruction. Ren instructs Ben to destroy what his uncle has built and promises that he will be free. When Ben expresses doubt, Trudgeon tells Ren not to waste his time on Ben, describing him as a Total Kylo.
1: <laughs> I love that they actually like gave a reason for why he's called Kylo. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. That's probably the best part of this.
0: Agreed. He mocks Ben as small, weak, and scared. The other knights have begun making fun of Ben, who replies that he is not scared. It's also kinda cool that he takes on that like if you're gonna count this as canon that he takes on the name Kylo, like to be yes. like, Yeah, you wanna call me a Kylo? Fine. fine, I'm, I'm a Kylo. Kylo, yeah, there it is. Wren urges him to take what he wants. Ben replies that he wants them to leave him alone and ignites Luke's lightsaber. Wren says that this is the wrong choice and orders his knights to destroy Skywalker's Jedi Temple. Ben uses the the Force to hurl Wren away. He then fights the other knights. Trudgeon tries to hurl a torch at the temple, but Ben deflects it with the Force. The other knights of Wren shoot at him, but he fights back with his uncle's lightsaber. Ren fights with Ben and knocks off his mask. Ren uses the Force to levitate Ben and throw him down, causing Luke's lightsaber to switch off. Ren says that the power was his for the taking and chides Ben for being too scared. Ben says that he's uh, starting to like being called Kylo and uses the Force to summon several rocks, crushing Ren to death. Seeing their leader fallen, the other knights submit to Ben, who tosses away Ren's helmet. At that moment, Luke Skywalker comes out and confronts his nephew. Ben tells his uncle to call him Kylo Ren as the Knights of Ren uh, converge around him. And I wrote down that I liked it, a comedic approach to Ben Solo's fall, and some creep factor in it too. But nothing too scary for children, so I gave the segment score an 8 out of 10.
1: I liked it. It was definitely interesting. I would go seven out of ten. I think my favorite part is the title being "Lost Boy" and like being a reference to the Lost Boys.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. This movie is full of uh, different Halloweeny sort- also, sorts of things, creepy things. What's his
1: face who plays Wren here? Mm. Is from
0: Christian Slater. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah. on the Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right.
1: That's why Wren looks the way he does and looks like the, I forget main vampire from.
0: He looks like a Lego yeah. version of Christian Slater. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we go into our next segment, which is titled Into the Sith Chamber. Vinay ends the story but says that that night was Kylo Ren's first step to power. He laughs maniacally as bats fly. Poe asks if the point of the story was to scare him. Grabella, Bash, and Ram are visibly scared. <laughs> Vinay responds that the story was to remind him that there is much more to be taken by those unafraid to use it. He hands the helmet back to NIL-8. Still, every time, I can't believe I missed the the droid's uh, pun name, but uh, Vinay leads his guests to a large door, claiming that, that Sith artifacts lie behind it. He says that the prophecy of Mustafar foretells the arrival of a fearless stranger with the strength to open it. The gate is marked with the symbol of the old empire... Vinay suggests that the brave pilot, who has fought many battles, is worthy of opening the gate. When Dean reminds Poe about his X-Wing, Poe says that if Vinay is telling the truth, he is not willing to let a Hut get his hands on Sith artifacts. Poe enlists Dean's help in unlocking the gate. Vinay leads them into the chamber. Bash and Ram are spooked by a shadow, which turns out to be a mouse droid. Grabella tells another droid that they could add a business center and a gym to these vast chambers. Meanwhile, Poe chats with Dean about his, uh, his latter's ambitions to be a pilot. When Poe asks how Dean ended up working for Grabella, Dean explains that he is saving his family. His mother had a shop on Arca- Arcan- Arcanus. Arcanus. I, I I knew it wasn't Arkansas, and I knew it wasn't uh, Arrakis, <laughs> but... Arcanus. Arcanus. Had a shop on Arcanus. However, the first, the first Order accused her of helping the Resistance and destroyed it. People got scared and wouldn't hire her anymore, leaving him as the breadwinner. Dean fears that uh, if he loses this job, his family will have nothing. Poe comforts Dean, telling the boy that he had a tough childhood. He adds that this is a big galaxy and that you can't let fear get to you. They are surprised by Grabella, who is obsessed with turning the chamber into luxury suites. And I wrote down that I love how Poe's hair fell off when Grabella <laughs> showed up behind him. Like, it just, you know, great Lego yep. humor uh, and everything.
1: Lego humor is best humor sometimes.
0: Yeah. Vinay leads his guests into the lightsaber repository, telling them that they are looking for something very special. He finds the saber of Scardant, Sk- which he describes as a Sith lightsaber of unusual power. To Vinay's horror, Grabella toys with it and breaks the hilt. Grabella orders Dean to fix it, but Poe warns him that it is a Sith lightsaber. Dean responds that he can't lose this job. While Dean works on the damaged saber, Verne asks if they are interested in hearing the tale of the saber of scardant uh, Which, none of them really seemed that interested in hearing no, it, but then... not a single one of them yeah, wanted Ver- to know. Verne goes on to uh, claim that this is a tale of two monstrosities, leading to the cackling of lightning inside the chamber, which Grabella's like... Did it just lightning in here? Um, uh, this startles. What Gra-
1: Sith lightning inside? Yeah. Never. Possibly,
0: possibly. This startles Grabella, Bash, Ram, and Poe alike. And we lead into the segment: the dueling monstrosities. Vene explains that Maul was left for dead by the Jedi Obi Wan Kenobi. Actually, he was a one at the time, but let's not get into it.
1: <laughs> yeah. and,
0: uh, but nonetheless, survived and made his way back to the Night Sisters mother talzin and her night sisters use magic to summon maul who has been fitted with cybernetic leg uh with a cybernetic leg and waist and i I have a note here that i wrote down saying when are we going to get a night sisters movie or tv show i find magic users in the star wars universe so fascinating they're just different types of force users i believe and I, I
1: think so too yeah i'd
0: be i'd be very interested in seeing uh, night sisters tv show get or movie at
1: something at some point especially yeah. with all these disney plus shows
0: possibly or even if they want i don't even
1: think we have a book about them either like
0: there is a book about well i don't know if it's canonical anymore um there was a book about mother Towson because she was a character before even the clone wars used her i believe but by diving back into this <laughs> um since maul has trouble standing on, on, in his new legs They experiment with various objects, including a repulsor lift, wheel, and spider legs. Poe is skeptical of the story, but Bash and Ram are intrigued. Fernet adds that Maul was not the only one who returned after being left for dead. Fernet explains that the loyal student of Count Dooku, once known as Quiemjal Shalila, was reborn as the cyborg known as General Grievous. When Grievous awakes... He chastises the medical droids and chokes and hurls them aside. A guard droid informs Grievous that they are receiving a transmission from Darth Sidious. The Sith Lord informs Grievous that there is an ancient Sith lightsaber located on the sixth moon in the Scardunt system. He tasks Grievous with finding it and bringing it to him. Padme, or Padme. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes,
1: Padme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: she's the real sith lord you know what it's secretly
1: yeah. the sith lord yeah. we all are waiting for yeah.
0: <laughs> palpatine warns that the saber of skardant's power is so great that anyone who attempts to wield it will be driven mad grievous vows not to fail but coughs and drops one of his limbs uh, <laughs> hilarious moment on coruscant Sidious grumbles to one of his Red Guards about the competence of General Weavis. (laughs) That's why I
1: was laughing. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, It's a great line.
1: I love Lego movies so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sidious also mentions that he had a Sith apprentice named Maul before he fell apart. Maul resurfaces in Palpatine's office in his spider leg form. Darth Sidious is surprised that his former apprentice survived and has multiple legs. Maul vows to retrieve the saber of Scardant so that he can stand by Palpatine's side. Vinay recalls that the journey was difficult, but Grievous would not yield. Grievous fought his way through a pack of wild rancors, cutting through them with his lightsabers. Grievous reaches the altar and the saber, but is confronted by Maul, who he dismisses as a rival. Grievous yields the saber of Scardant, while Maul ignites his double-bladed lightsaber. Grievous mocks Maul, but Maul counters that he can wield the force. Grievous knocks Maul's lightsaber out of his hands, but Maul grabs the saber of Skardant's hilt and vows that he is taking it to Sidious. Grievous responds that it is his and tickles Maul. And I actually laughed out loud at Grievous tickling Maul at this part. Like, gucci gucci. gucci. I just cracked that. <laughs> Maul uses the force to grab his double-bladed lightsaber, but Grievous pushes him back. Grievous vows that he will destroy Maul and slices off his torso, separating him from his spider form. Grievous says that he has destroyed Jedi and that a half-Sith is no match him. Maul, however, summons the Force and uses Grievous' own lightsabers to cut the cyborg's arms off. Maul then proceeds to tear off Grievous' legs before mocking the cyborg. He then throws the limbless Grievous off a cliff, causing him to land on his head next to uh, his starfighter, Soulless One. A droid asks Grievous if he should prepare the oil bath. Later, Maul returns to Coruscant with the Saber of Skardunt. Darth Sidious asks him him to give it to him. Maul ignites the blade, but the weapon is damaged. Darth Sidious then uses the force to throw Maul off the balcony. He then grabs the lightsaber and grumbles about the competence of his apprentice to a red guard. Defeated but not destroyed, Vinay says that Maul gained a valuable insight into his feelings. And I have one note here, but I also have one in my head. I love that Maul was, like, taped up to his spider legs when he reappeared Yes, uh, to Sidious. But my note written down is Palpatine whistling the Empire yes. music. Fantastic. <laughs> it's
1: perfection. Yeah.
0: Anytime you have a, a funny Palpatine Sidious, I die. It's, it's just Fantastic. Uh, anything you'd like to say about the segment? Or
1: I love that segment. Oh. Also, I just think it's funny that they went with the we gotta have Grievous and Maul go against each other. Yeah, I forgot to <laughs> write down
0: a segment score for it, so I guess on the fly I'll just say 7.5 out of 10.
1: I'd say like 7 out of 10.
0: Yeah, yeah. The next segment is called Temptations of the Dark Side. Dean then fixes the Saber of Scardant, but is mesmerized by the Dark Side relic. Poe asks if Dean is okay and tells him to stop staring into the Saber. Vinay explains that Maul learned that power comes not from serving others, but from serving yourself. Dean appears to get the message, and Vernet tells him to follow where the saber leads him. Dean uses the saber to unlock a second chamber. Vernet suggests to NIL8 that he uh, placed his hopes in the wrong pilot, to which the droid agrees. The possessed Dean leads the others to the First Temple of Mustafar. Poe says that he has a bad feeling about this, but BB-8 rolls in. Vernet explains that the Temple of Mustafar was built generations ago as a repository of ancient lore. This temple is littered with treasure. Grabella tells Bash and Ram to uh, pack it up. Grabella grabs the Saber of Skardant, claiming it as property of Grabella the Hutt Enterprises, LLC. (laughs) And Poe tells Grabella that they need to talk, but the Hut thinks that he doesn't need a spokesman anymore with all the Sith treasure that they have found. Poe tries to warn about the dangers of the Sith treasure, but Grabella only, is only concerned about making money. Dean hears Maul's voice calling him, uh, calling out to him from a Sith holocron inside a pillar, telling him to seize the power to free his mother. Vernet is pleased that Dean has found the holocron, he tells Dean that this holocron has the power to make any dream come true. Grabella is dismissive about the holocron having the power to grant wishes. Dean says that a Wookiee's paw can do that. Verne is amused that Dean is aware of the Wookiee's paw. Dean explains that the pilots who came to his mother's shop would tell stories. Uh, sort of like, you know, the yeah. angels that Anakin heard about. Poe yes. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> uh, says that he heard those stories but thinks that they are made up. Addressing Dean, Verne tells them the tale of a, of a boy searching for a better life, much like him. And here we lead into the segment, The Wookiee's Paw. At the Lars homestead on Tatooine, Luke Skywalker is having blue milk for breakfast with Aunt Beru. <laughs> when Uncle Owen grumbles that the droid on the southern perimeter has broken down again, he sends Luke to most uh, Mos Espa to get a new one. Luke grumbles that he was planning on going to the Toshi Station to drop off his application for the Imperial Academy. Owen tells his nephew to get his head out of the stars because they are short on hands for the harvest. He sends Luke on his way. A resentful Luke travels to Mos Espa. He longs to be a pilot one day and to get off this dustball planet. Hearing Luke Watto, yay! Watto <laughs> tells the young man that he has something that he that can get him off this planet, and offers him a Wookiee's paw in his box. And I wrote down the note: Yay! Watto returns. Um, Watto tells Luke that if he makes a wish, his dream will instantly come true. He wishes that he could get off Tatooine. The young man is soon greeted by an Imperial Tie pilot, who invites him to join the Imperial Academy. The Imperials bring him onto an orbiting commander cruiser. Skywalker finds himself a stormtrooper, but is still not satisfied. After bumping his head onto a blast door, he grabs the Wookiee's paw and wishes to be a pilot. Soon, the TIE pilot uh, who recruited him asks another Imperial officer what they should do with the spare pilot's gear. The officer tells him to give it to Luke adding that he is too short to be a stormtrooper. Oh,
1: a perfect comment.
0: <laughs> Brene says that Skywalker got everything he wanted, but he still wanted more. Grumbling that he is on patrol duty, Skywalker wishes to, uh, to the Wookiee's paw that he had the chance to show everyone how great he could be. Just then, he receives a distress message from Grand Moff Tarkin that Vader's squadron has been ambushed by, Rebel, by the Rebel Alliance and requests reinforcements. Vader totally doesn't need reinforcements for any no, rebel squadron, but it's, <coughs> it's Lego. Scum. Yeah, it's Lego. We'll let it go. <laughs> um, Luke seizes this opportunity and intervenes. By that stage, the Re- the rebel X-Wing uh, starfighters have shot down two of Vader's escort ties. Luke flies into the path of the X-Wing, shooting it down and saving Vader. Later, aboard the Death Star, Skywalker is treated as a, hi- a hero by his fellow pilots who carry him. Darth Vader takes an interest in Skywalker and asks about the, rem- the maneuver. Skywalker says that it is the 180 reverse proton move. Vader is impressed and asks what his name is. Upon learning that he is called Luke Skywalker, Vader says that he knew a Skywalker once. Vader senses that Luke is force sensitive and says that he reminds him of a younger version of himself. Vader agrees to train him. Luke wishes that he could be more powerful than Vader and clutches the Wookiee's paw for a fourth time. Later, Skywalker practices his uh, practices his red lightsaber with a training remote. Vader uh, warns him that his eyes can deceive him, even when his eyes are covered. Luke can still deflect the training remote's blasts. Vader also teaches him to. F- <laughs> Vader also teaches him <laughs> how to force choke, demonstrating it on several Imperial officers. Another exercise involve, involves Luke carrying Vader around and swinging across a bridge with a grappling cable. And I wrote a note down saying, what a lovely set of father-son activities. They're
1: bonding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Luke doesn't understand their bonding, but they're bonding. No.
0: I wonder why Vader, like, I guess just to keep it short, they didn't have Vader reveal that he's his father yeah. to him. But later, Vader tells Skywalker that he has mastered the dark side of the Force. By this stage, Luke has aged physically due to his dabbling in the dark side. However, uh, Skywalker is still not satisfied and wishes... Oh, I, I should have mentioned before going into this, I loved like the little like Yoda-like callback with Vader on, on Luke's back, back while yeah. he's running around. I mean, <laughs> Vader's got to weigh at, like, at least 300 pounds in, in that mechanical uh, suit and everything. Much heavier right, than, than Yoda. Right. But... um. Later, Vader tells Skywalker that he has mastered the dark side of the Force. By this stage, Luke has aged physically due to his dabbling in the dark side. However, Skywalker is still not satisfied and wishes that he could fight the Rebellion and become the most famous fighter in the galaxy. Tarkin then tells Vader and Skywalker that the Death Star is under attack and orders Vader to scramble his men. Meanwhile, Princess Leia Organa leads the Rebel Assault during the Battle of Yavin, flying an X-Wing with Red Squadron. Also flying with Red Squadron is Obi-Wan Kenobi, whom Leia thanks for rescuing her earlier. Kenobi, in return, thanks her for rescuing him from the trash compactor aboard the Death Star. R2-D2 beeps. (laughs) Leia and Kenobi fly their X-Wing through the Death Star Trench, but are pursued by Vader and Luke. Luke says that the trench reminds him of Beggar's Canyon back home on Tatooine. Luke damages Kenobi's fighter, uh, forcing him to pull out. Vader wants to close in on Leia's X-Wing, but Luke wants the glory and uses the 180 reverse proton maneuver on Leia. Leia, however, shoots his TIE fighter, causing him to spin out of control, and Luke accidentally fires two blaster bolts into the Death Star's thermal exhaust port, destroying the superweapon. Darth Vader angrily tells Luke that he is going to be the most famous pilot in the galaxy for destroying the Death Star, and then their starfighters collide in space. And I wrote that it's a great twist on both A New Hope and The Monkey's Paw, obviously. I love that too. it ends
1: exactly the same. Like, it's so yeah. good. Yeah.
0: And we have a 10 out... I gave it a 10 out of 10.
1: 9 out of 10. It was good. All right. I think it's the best, like, story.
0: Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, but just that just that little twist on both tales of it, obviously being a reference to The, the Monkey's Paw, The Wookiee's Paw, and um, The New Hope, like, say, and seeing, you know, like... Obi Wan surviving the Death Star encounter and being in the Rebel <laughs> Squadron, like yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like, and that he's Red Five specifically, and he would have started training Leia at that point then, because he would have been like, well, <laughs> yeah. Luke's gone, I got to get to train the, the only other yeah. Skywalker I got. Um, but we have, uh, I would guess you'd say, getting close to the final segment of the film, uh, Vernay's Gambit, and confronting fear and darkness. In the present, Dean asks if that's what really happened. Poe says that it is not true, prompting Grabella to ask if he meant if he means that Luke's <laughs> that Luke did not blow up the Death that's Star. My favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Poe says that Luke destroyed the Death Star, but not the way that Vernay told the story. Vernay says that just as the Wookiee's paw gave Luke all that he wanted, he claims the holocron will give him uh, what he desires. Poe warns Dean that the story is a warning about being careful for what he wishes for. Verne tells Dean that he understands that the boy wants his family to be safe. He tells the boy to open it and he won't have to worry about them again. Poe tries to plead with Dean, but he is accosted by NIL-8. Uh, Verne tells Dean to open the holocron with his heart. The boy unlocks the holocron, but nothing happens. When Dean confronts Verne, the Sith servant reveals that it makes dreams come true before snatching it out of the boy's hand. Vernet reveals that, that his plan was to manipulate Dean into unlocking the Holocron and tells the boy that he is strong with the, for, the Force. Vernet uses the Holocron to summon the various objects in the Sith Chamber, including Ren's mask and the S- Saber of Skardant, to form a giant armored suit.
1: Go go Power Rangers! <laughs> little... Go go Sithy Rangers! <laughs> yeah.
0: Poe, Dean, and BB-8 realize that the three stories that Vernet told were for himself. Verne vows to make the galaxy fear him when poe asks him and what army nil-8 arms herself poe is dismissive of the droid but nil-8 activates an army of b1 series battle droids vernee orders nil-8 and her droids to annihilate the enemies and, <laughs> and, and, and here, here's my note saying i didn't notice the annihilate pun in, i didn't either yeah nil-8's name either poe and I also wrote down that I love the zombie battle droids. Great stuff.
1: I know. it's This is probably the, one of the creepiest sections of this entire thing. I'm like, oh, I don't like them. I don't like them. No,
0: I loved it. Just, I think the creepiest thing for me was uh, the pad ones circling around Ben Solo in, in their own I years. I did thing. not like this. Yeah, that, that was because that was, kids are always creepier to me than, than droids are. <laughs> Grabella tells Bash and Ram they need to flee. Poe decides to fight back and tells Dean that they have that they have to remove Vernet's holocron from his armor. Poe sh- uh, shoots the holocron off Vernet's armor and flees with Dean and BB-8. Vernet orders NIL-8 to recover the holocron since his power is dependent upon it. He orders his droid army to get them. Poe, Dean, and BB-8 venture deeper into the castle but are pursued by more battle droids. Brabella is pursued into the toilet by an Axe wielding battle droid who chops his way through the door, <laughs> callback to uh the Shining with Jack yep. Nicholson. He even says his name like he's like I am B one. <laughs> yeah, um how... here's
1: B one.
0: Evident I looked it up, and evidently that was a reference not only to the Shining, but his actual name is a reference to uh George Lucas's first film. I forget the name of George Lucas's first film, but. When you spell it out in numbers, like you take the letters and make them numbers, that was what it was a reference to.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. However, Bash and Ram knock out the battle droid, decapitating it. Poe, Dean, and BB-8 bump into Bash and Ram and flee the other way, pursued by a horde of battle droids. Grabella and his henchmen are also pursued by the droid. Poe and company flee into the hallway with Vernet hot on their heels. BB-8 is splattered with green paint, Poe says he has an idea. A rampaging Vernae beheads the Darth Vader puppet, which he says, which says he finds his lack of souvenirs disturbing. Uh, Poe leads Dean and BB-8 through the Iron Tree Fortress. Poe is determined to escape off-world with the Sith holocron. Dean blames himself for fixing the lightsaber and opening the holocron because he was scared. Poe reassures him that everyone gets scared. Dean says that Poe doesn't, but the fighter pilot disagrees, admitting that he is scared right now. He tells Dean that they can't control fear, but they can choose what to do with it. He says that without fear, they can't have courage, and BB-8 warns that the battle droids are approaching their X-Wing. BB-8 uses his gripping cable to swing himself around uh, the rampaging battle droids, knocking several out. Poe and Dean climb into the Starfighter, only to discover that the X-Wing hasn't been repaired. While Poe grumbles, Dean volunteers to repair the starship. Poe decides to buy Dean time to fix the starfighter. He returns to Castle Vader, where Renée is growing enraged by the loss of the Holocron. Poe attacks Renée's battle droids with a parked ATST walker. Grabella, Bash, and Ram uh, cower while Poe's ATST engages with NIL-8's AT-AT, or at if you prefer, <laughs> walker pushing it to the edge of a walkway. Vernay attacks Poe's walker from behind, slicing off one of its joints. Both walkers fall over the edge into the lava below, where they are destroyed. Poe survives and climbs to the top, only to be confronted by battle droids. Dean arrives in Poe's X-Wing and destroys the battle droids. He lands the Starfighter nearby. Vowing to rule the galaxy, Vernet grabs Poe with his metallic body. He threatens to throw Poe into the lava below unless Dean gives him the holocron. Poe tells Dean to fly away since Vernay is getting weaker in his armored suit. Again, again, Vernay threatens to throw Poe over the edge. Dean considers the ultimatum but recalls the moral of the story of the Wookiee's paw, which is to be careful what you wish for. He throws the holocron over the edge of the walkway into the lava below. Vernay jumps after the holocron but is consumed by the lava. BB-8 uses the grappling hook to pull Poe to safety, but bumps his head several times. Poe praises Dean for his gutsy move. Dean replies that without fear, you cannot have courage, and hugs him. Dean quips that Poe is afraid of of a little mushiness. And I have a note here just saying, great climax to the film.
1: It really is.
0: Yeah, And then we get into the final segment uh, called Homeward Bound. Grabella is enraged with Poe. Uh, about the damage to, to his Castle Vader luxury hotel. Poe tells him that he is not fixing anything but leaving. He also warns Grabella not to think about taking those Sith artifacts. Grabella tells Poe that he is not afraid of him, but Poe gives him an icy stare. Grabella reluctantly complies and tells Bash and Ram to pack up. Grabella orders Dean to come along with them, but the boy refuses. Poe says that greed gets him nowhere. Grabella says that he learned his lesson, and decides to start a bed and breakfast instead. <laughs> Dean says that it, they should have had him start the Wookiee Resort, or not the Wookiee Resort, the, the Resort of, Star Wars, eh? Or I was gonna, I, I meant on. Um, mm. Oh, oh the no, because yeah. no, it wouldn't have worked. I was gonna say <coughs> they should have had him start the resort on the Forest Moon of Andor. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, but that took place in the past, so never mind. That wouldn't have worked. Dean's, uh, although they could have had it, that that didn't work. Well, I don't know. Whatever, that could it have could been have his worked. first one. It could yeah. have worked. Dean says that his wish came true, but confirms that he did not wish on the Sith holocron. Since the Resistance needs pilots, Poe offers him a place as a pilot. Poe also tells Dean about his friend Ray Skywalker, who knows about the Force. Poe admits that he wasn't scared, but was trying to motivate the boy earlier. After Poe and Dean leave, NIL-8 emerges from the lava. She pleads for forgiveness from her master, Vernet, for failing him. However, Verne laughs maniacally and grabs her hand with his hand coming out of the lava to grab her. And I just have a note here saying Vernay survived the lava. Question mark? mark? Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, yeah,
1: Maybe Renee will come back someday.
0: Yeah, for for a terrifying so what tales too. So, interesting thing too. here
1: is just like Poe being like, "Yeah, my friend Ray knows uh, about Jedi stuff too." Like, no, she does not. Not enough to be training all these people that suddenly are like, "Hey, Ray, need your help." Who's left? <laughs> there's no one None of them. there's no one <laughs> yeah. that's the issue yeah. let them all die let's the, let the jedi die out
0: <laughs> well there's still going to be force users throughout the galaxy even if all the jedi okay gone. surely
1: there is jedi somewhere though like if anything that's the mandalorian has taught us a lot of these things have taught us that there's like jedi out there yeah
0: we don't know where baby yoda is he should be grown up at this point you know Maybe he's on Dagobah now. Maybe he's on Dagobah. <laughs> he's like, oh man, this hut's great. It's just my size and perfect. I love he's it.
1: waiting yeah. for Ray to come carry him around Possibly. on her back.
0: Possibly, I would love to see that as a as a Lego story. Please, I die. please do that, um, Lego.
1: I'm begging you.
0: Yeah, although we'd have to hear him speak, so I don't know. Maybe he could just mentally communicate with her or something. That that would be good too. Um, do you want to go into our overall scores? Or sure. Is there... Okay. So I wrote down great humor and use of... Oh, I'm, I'm going first, I guess. I didn't ask. Go ahead. Um, great humor and use of Star Wars characters. Some spooky elements in, the, in this for sure, but family friendly, of course. Personally, I found the overall, uh, or the overarching plot to be the weakest part of this short, and the vignettes much more interesting. Also... Uh, since we recently covered Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation, I can't help but compare it to that. And while I enjoyed this short, I have to be honest and say that I think Summer Vacation was better. Which is lo- uh, which it logically should be. It came out after this, so the staff working on it could improve their jokes, and the voice actors got better at imitating the characters from their respective films. Uh, all that being said, I'm giving Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales an 8 out of 10.
1: You're right, Summer Vacation is much better. I think, I don't think they really played with as much story as they could have played with here. And while I find it interesting that they were like, we're gonna go to Vader's castle, like, okay, then I would expect more Vader-based stories. Mm -hmm. Like, we're centering on Vader and Sith, and we're not getting nearly as much Sith as you would think. Yeah. Granted, we're also seeing it through the lens of Poe. But it it was, it's very cute. I think all the Lego things are cute seven
0: out of ten okay um well with all that being said this has been the once again podcast any questions comments or critiques can be addressed to our email at once at gmail.com follow us on our social media accounts once again pod all one word on twitter instagram and tiktok if you'd like to contribute to the podcast we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash once again pod as always a like follow or share be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you.